The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Hump Day on the Buffalo Rumblings uh, Vidcast Network, Multicast Network. Is this a Buffalo Rumblings podcast? Like, it's funny because everybody says this is a Buffalo Rumblings podcast or a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I don't say that. Do you say that for the code? Right. Never. So I think we might be out of the loop on that one. Brought to you by the Market Dominator. Who is the Market Dominator? You might ask. Well. The good news is I have the sheet with the head, which has all the market <laughs> dominators information on it. And the market dominator is uh, mine and Spence's very good friend, uh, John Spazcheck. He is a real estate broker uh, with Keller Williams Realty right here in Western New York. However, do not let that limit you. You can, if you are moving to Arizona or moving from Arizona to Buffalo, you can ask John to help you and he can help you. A whole bunch of people are piling into the room, including my mother and my sister. Uh, But uh, if you were looking to buy a house, uh, this is a tricky market time. Uh, Just when you're trying to maximize value, you're trying to get the most for your home. It's a hot market. You don't want to make a mistake, especially trying to sell it by owner. Now is not the time to do that. If you're looking to sell your house, buy a house, call John and his team. They are the best. 716-570-3298. The number again, 716-570-3298. You can also reach John on his email, youreletebroker at gmail.com. You can also reach John on Twitter. He is Bill's Mafia at Your Elite Broker. <sighs> My name is Joe Miller. That's Jay Spence the King. Today it says Jay Spence the Babe. I didn't change it back, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm with it. <laughs> I'm with it. For the chop up, I leave it on there, you know, but but no, it's cool. We we here. We here. <laughs> Super good. This is what I would say to all of you. Unless your brother sister-in-law, right, uncle, maybe not even your uncle, unless it's somebody in immediate family is a real estate broker, call John. You need to call def- John. Don't do it alone. Like, definitely don't go alone. So we love John. John is the man, super good friend of ours. But uh, Jay Spence, it's been a minute since we've been together, bro. 
It has been. It feels like you've been neglecting me, man. I don't know. No. What's <laughs> Wait a minute now. Let's not start rumors. Um, no, it's right. uh, you go hear that on Twitter. First thing. Oh, uh, Jay, Spence and Joe Miller beefing. That's oh, right. Man. There's drama on the set of the hump day hotline. Uh, so, uh, but uh, it's good to have everybody in the room. Kristen Kimmick is in the room. She's uh, talking hey, about my, my voice. Uh, but uh, we are Super Chat Live, and we're going to talk Buffalo Bill. Bills. What's up, Nautica? We're going to talk Buffalo Bills uh, versus Miami Dolphins because we don't have a game last weekend to talk about. But I will start here. How did the bye week treat you? The bye week treated me very well. I um I enjoyed it. Yeah. I got rest. Yeah, <laughs> I was able to watch the games a couple of times. I went and was studying some film and I exercised. I, I, I went for a jog. I did a lot, man. <laughs> It's, it's funny how much um you don't realize how much time and i'm not saying this in a negative way because i enjoy this but you don't realize how much time you actually spend doing this stuff sure until you actually have a week where you're not doing it but yeah, yeah. but no I, I had a very very good week off my man bruce Nolis from the jump he has to get some beef going with us he says he's heard that joe says something negative about tremaine edmonds and now there's beef with him and spence i'm gonna just tell you if 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 my man joe was coming out talking mess about my man He's going to be another body. I'm going to send Tremaine after him. It wouldn't happen. So it, at this point, it wouldn't happen. I I, lit, I literally craft almost daily some sort of a text or tweet rather around how are there people who still find Tremaine Edmonds as somebody that needs work, isn't living up to expectations, blah, 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 blah. Like, and, and the problem is, is it sounds like I'm subtweeting. So I delete it. I'm like, I can't tweet that because it's going to people, content creators are going to be like, he's talking about me. And it's like, I don't want to be that guy. But I kind of am trying to like I'm I'm being that guy if I tweet that, but uh, the bye week uh, as we talk about it, dude. I just dude. I I, I let in the I I sunk into the couch all day on Sunday, and mm-hmm. and just consumed. I watched the Red Zone Channel, um, and just and there was some decent football games. So right, I mean, it, it just uh, the bye week treated me well. I, I clearly would prefer there to be a Buffalo Bills game. However, that's three three Sundays in a row. That I got to sit on the couch and watch Red Zone, and I'm not—I didn't—I didn't hate it. Like it was kind of fun, if that makes any sense. Well, you know what? So, the last year and a half of doing this—not sh- just this show, but doing shows—right has turned me into way more of a football fan mm-hmm. instead of a Bills fan. And right. I am a Bills fan, but it's turned me into a, so like like you said, being able to sit there all day and just watch games and watch everything that's happening around the league and not have to worry about your team or not stress out about anybody getting it, anything. It, it yep, just, yep. It, you're right. It, it's, it's very refreshing to do. So I, I hope everybody gets to do this every Sunday, Yep. but Joe and I got a chance to do it last Sunday. <laughs> I didn't have a, well, I did a show. I did an overreaction show, which is fine, but I took, uh, well, we took the hump day hotline off. We took, uh, uh, I took time to shine off. You took quarter con or you took, sorry, chop up off. Right. So we we had some we had some free time, which was uh, which was kind of nice. But uh, back in the saddle again. And uh, we're here to talk about the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. And if you get a moment, those of you that are watching, hump that like button, as we like to say here on Wednesdays, jump on it. But. uh, How so I asked you how the bye week felt for you, I guess I'm curious next. How what do you think the response is going to be from this football team coming off of a loss? And I'm going to tease you a little bit with. Same thing kind of happened last year, right? Going into, coming out of the Cardinals game, took a mm-hmm. took a took a punch to the face that they didn't really appreciate, and then uh, they were a different team after the bye. 
How do you see well, them responding? I don't think that, and, and I mean this with all due disrespect to the Miami Dolphins, all disrespect, like I am being as disrespectful as possible when I say this. I don't think we're going to be able to tell how the team is reacting to the loss against mm. Tennessee because Miami is just that bad. I don't think right. that even if even if the Bills came out just unmotivated, they'd still beat these guys. And right. I, I mean that from a sense of the talent level is just it's really that it, there's that much of a gap. And I know it's the NFL and I know, you know, any given Sunday, any team can beat anybody. I don't see it happening in Western New York this Sunday <laughs> with that team coming to face Josh Allen. I just don't see it. So. For me, I feel like we really won't be able to tell for a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to uh, when we finally get into December and we go up against, um, you know, Tampa Bay. And mm-hmm. I'm looking forward yeah. to the Colts game. I know yeah. the Colts, yeah. the Colts are um, not as, to me, they're not as good as they were last year in the playoffs when when you and I went to that game. Right. But they're still a very sneaky good team. They're not great, but they're a sneaky team that can actually, you know, make some things happen. So for me. I don't think we're going to see it against the Jets. I don't think we're going to see it against the Dolphins. I don't think we're mm-hmm. going to see it against the Patriots. The Patriots are better than I thought come the beginning of the season. Like, I'm like, oh, those guys are. Yeah. But they're still, it's just so much of a gap. So I think we won't be able to see it until we face the Colts or the or the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But there's got to be a concern because even as the Bills talked about it in their pressers today, there's a lot of good players in that Miami Dolphins team. I know they haven't put it together. I know that there's a coaching issue. I know there's a lot of distraction. You cannot tell me that Tua doesn't go to the stadium or go to the practice facility at whatever, five o'clock in the morning, go throughout mm-hmm. his day, finish his day at whatever time he finishes it, goes home, cooks dinner. I don't know if he's married or not. And then when he sits down to watch TV or lays down in bed, goes, man, they're really talking about trading for Deshaun Watson. You can't tell me that that's not happening, which is a huge distraction. I mean, there's there was Kyle Brandt was on One Bills Live, I think, at some point this week talking about, they had interviewed a Dolphins player, and the Dolphins player didn't exactly give a, a glowing report about Deshaun being, or not Deshaun, but about Tua being on their team. But it's concerning for me. I said to John Fina on Monday, and he kind of checked me on it. Uh, I felt like the Bills were going to roll into Tennessee, roll the Titans, and roll on home. And as much as they didn't get throttled, I mean, that was a freaking good football game. I think what got lost in that whole loss for us as Bills fans is it was a good football game. Like, it was it was back and forth. There were seven lead changes. It just didn't end the way that we wanted it to, and we were, what, five yards from it ending close or coming close to the way that we wanted, to, wanted it to end. I just have a – I think I've got a, a, a new form of reality as it pertains to not overlooking or not underestimating who it is that's coming in because Steve Tasker's been saying it all year. The Bills are, like, the circled team. For all of these teams, the Bills are the circled game. They're like the Dolphins want to come in and beat the Bills so that they can get shine on Monday morning with everybody saying, Did you see what the Dolphins did to Buffalo in Buffalo? Yeah. And I'm, I mean, right? No, you're right. But the thing is, you have to do it. And so, yeah, they have some good players. They do. They have some guys that over the summer, you remember, I was like, No, I think a lot yeah. of people are still sleeping on Miami yeah, because they have did. this guy yeah. and they have this guy. You and I that. still think that they have that talent. And I, I like Brian Flores. I don't know what's happening with the management, with the um, I have no clue. Like it's a it's a dump fire down there right now. But I still you're right. Don't overlook anybody or underestimate right. anybody. But the thing is, 
Tennessee and, and the Dolphins are two different caliber of teams. Sure. I think the thing the thing with Tennessee that we overlooked as a fan base is that they play a different brand of football than the Buffalo Bills or really the thing that gives the Tennessee Titans the edge when they play against anybody is mm-hmm. that they're probably the most physical team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't get the credit for that, but they mm-hmm. literally try to punch you in the mouth every single play. And Teams aren't used to that. The NFL is a finesse league at this point. Like, yeah, we tackle, but it's a finesse league. Some, you know some, what I mean? Sometimes, like, sometimes. Yeah. You know, we're getting flags for spinning a ball at this point. So it's, it's a it's a league that's that's more finesse. It's a league that's more about the show. Tennessee Titans ain't about putting on a show. No. That team is about coming in and, and putting hands on you. They want to put truck. You know what I mean? Yeah, they want to truck you. So, so I think that's where we underestimated them. We didn't. Mm. Like we thought, okay, we got Josh. He's going to throw for 500 yards and Diggs is going to get. But the thing is, they said, oh, no, you can throw for it, but we're going to hit you more than you used to. Right. And, and we're going we gonna to make sure that that y'all going to think about it. If you're coming across that middle, that that catch that Cole Beasley is used to just getting and doing whatever he wants with it. He's right. going to think twice. As soon as he catches it, he might want to look to see who's behind him. That's the difference. And Tennessee is, is they're, the Dolphins are not Tennessee. They, yeah. they just yeah. are not Tennessee. I love this question uh, from uh, the real Chris Jenke. He asks thoughts on Watson and the Dolphins. I'm a, you go first, and then I'm going to give you my thoughts. Um, to be honest, you know, um, I listened to the commissioner's, I don't know, speech or presser that he kind of spoke to, you know, a bunch of things around the NFL. One of the topics was Deshaun Watson possibly being traded to the Miami Dolphins, and the thing, the thing that I just I don't get. There have been players in the past who have been suspended for less. Oh, yeah. Um, like way less. Oh, yeah. And Josina Anderson actually came out today and and uh, said, like, well, we still have to think about facts and we have to think about, you know, things that are being proven to be correct, because there's already been a certain amount of text messages and mm-hmm. uh, things that have disproved what some of the other some of the women have said. I, I get that perspective. On the show Monday night on the Code of Conduct I, I t- or Tuesday night, I talked about how, you know, we we have to allow people to be innocent until proven guilty. So I sure. don't want to beat down on Deshaun Watson and be like, yo, this dude's guilty. But at the same time, it's like <laughs> 20 plus women saying the same thing. And I don't know. I just I, so so my thoughts to it is that I think if the Miami Dolphins do it. Outside of them being a division rival, I'll lose all respect for anybody in that front office yeah, and anybody on that team because I think that he needs to be suspended. So if you're a team that's willing to give up three first-round draft picks, a few second-round draft picks, and players yeah, to get a guy like that is connected to this stuff, I, I just lose respect. I tried to come up with some sort of a, of a metaphor or a, uh, like a, where there's smoke, there's fire, where there's body lotion, there's, but I, I regressed. I was like, yeah, I'm just not going to go there <laughs> mm-hmm. for probably good reason. For me, first of all, if, if, if that trade happens this week, he's not playing for the Dolphins this week, which means the Bills are not going to see him this year. So it's almost like, who cares, right? It's, if anything, if he, if he, if they trade for him this week and they, They've got to take Tua, right? I mean, they're going to need a quarterback. I, I can't imagine it's like. No. You don't think Tua is a part of that deal? I mean, where they does got Tua... Tyrod down there? He's hurt. I mean, he, for I mean, well, he's, he's on IR right now. I don't know when he's scheduled to return, but um, it'll be interesting to see how that. I mean, Tyrod has been in the situation where he is quote unquote mentored quarterbacks, or you know, new net the next guy in the past. All that to say this, 
Um, and I said it to Kevin from uh, Fanatics today on on Twitter. I was like, bro, if the if the Dolphins trade for Watson, the commissioner's absolutely going to step in. It's been widely reported that the reason the commissioner hasn't stepped in is because they basically have him on paid leave now. You can pretty much be assured that if the Texans were like, we're going to activate this guy, that the commissioner would step in and be like, well, maybe not. This I don't week. know. Did, did you watch the commissioner's presser? I did not. Did, so so me. in the presser, in the presser, he actually said, I haven't suspended him or placed him on the commissioner's exempt list because with the information that's been presented is not enough to do so. Um, Ten and criminal that, charges? Ten? That, that when, you, when we get off of here, I'll send you the link. He he literally said, with the information that's been provided, it, there is not enough information to do so. And then also, r- real quick about the Tua thing, it's been widely reported that if this trade goes through, they're they looking for a third team because Houston Texans don't want them. Uh, it was being reported that Washington was going to possibly be the third team in this equation, which would be ugly for Tua because now you went from sitting behind Fitz to now going to the team to sit behind, <laughs> you know. But but that that's been the report. You know, but as far as as far as as what you're saying, man, I, I, I'm with you. The commissioner, I just I don't know, man. I've seen they they try to they try to get my man Ed Oliver out of there for possibly driving intoxicated when it wasn't what they thought it was. Yep. You know, I saw Plaxico Burris get suspended for shooting his damn self. Like, you yep. know what I mean? Like well, New York State, you don't play with a gun in New York State. No, I, and I get that. I get that. But what I'm saying is, it's like he shot himself and got in trouble. Like, yeah, yeah. You know. This dude has, again, I'm not saying he's guilty, but what I'm saying is when you have 20 plus women, 20, like these alleged, and I don't, and we don't want to make the whole show about Deshaun Watson in this case, but it's just like, there's it's a, been it's a hot topic right now, though. I mean, people want to talk about it. So, it's, I mean, it's I, we're insane not, to me, Joe. It's insane. I, I agree. And I agree with everything. We're not, we're not on differing pages other than I think that the commissioner would step in and suspend him. Maybe he wouldn't. If you're saying that he, that he came out and said that he hasn't done that. I was under the impression that he, had, he hadn't done it because the, the Texans basically have him on paid leave. So if they've got I'm him on paid, yeah, if they've got him on, if they've got him on paid leave, then why not just leave him on paid leave? 20, it's 20, it's 20 civil cases and 10 criminal cases. It's 30. And the feds are involved. And, oh, by the way, the government did a really interesting thing by changing the charges as it pertains to solicitation and prostitution. It's no longer solicitation. It's now human trafficking, which I don't know how that's where it went to. uh, But if you are soliciting a female to do that sort of a thing, it's a human trafficking charge, which, oh, by the way, is an, an enormous offense in the sight of the public eye, blah, blah, blah. And if he ends up, if the federal authorities get involved in something like this, he's not only going to get suspended, the dude, much like Michael Vick, they're going to make an example out of him, and he's going to jail. Like, he's going to go to prison. I just want to play this real quick. Yeah, it's going to work. Let me get it to where it's at the beginning. uh, Other, um, I'll call it legal approaches that are being made either through civil cases uh, obviously, the police have been investigating also. Uh, we don't have all the access to that information at this point in time, and we, we pride ourselves on not interfering in that, um, being cooperative as we can to make sure we get all the facts. Uh, but I think that process is still ongoing. And until that process is ongoing and we have enough data and enough information to be able to make a determination of whether he should go on commissioner or uh, we don't feel that we have that as necessary information at this point. 
to your point, it seems like they have suspended people for a whole lot less. A whole lot less. But again, I'm not the commissioner. I'm not privy on what those conversations are. Yeah. And um, it seems like this trade is going to go through. Like it, it 100% seems like this trade is going to go through by next week. And there's people, you know, in the comment section asking why we care about Watson. Because he's going to potentially be a Miami Dolphin. That's why we care about Watson. It's a, it's I don't even, a big deal. I don't even care about him as far as coming into the division. Like, yeah, he's good. and It's going to increase the, the level of competition. Uh, yeah. But the reason why I care about it is because I care about people. You know, sure, I, sure. I, every, at the end of every single one of my shows, whether it's the chop up, whether there's code of conduct, every once in a while, when you, when I do the close out on here, yeah. I say the same thing. Love each other. Take care of each other and live in peace. Yep, yep, yep. How are we loving each other and taking care of each other if we don't care about people being dirt bags to women? Like, I don't understand uh, why that's even a question. Like, I love and care about everybody, especially women. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. But and that's and ahead. that's and that's the other thing, too, is if you listen to the one interview that's out there, which you actually sent me and Bruce the link to on uh, just a, a firsthand witness report, it wasn't even a situation where it was solicitation with an acceptance and then an act happened. It was more assault for lack of a better term, over and over and over again. But we can move on from that. It'll be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. I'm in hopes that it gets resolved before there's an action, meaning that, you know, that it gets resolved before he gets traded. I don't want to see him get traded. And then I, I don't even want to see that for the Dolphins team, as much as I would sit on the sideline and giggle. But, like, if he gets traded, right, plays four, five, six games, and it accelerates the entire situation to where they, you know, they turn into, like, well, we got to move this thing along now. And then he does end up getting you know, indicted, whatever goes to jail, bro, real quick, yeah. real quick. Dudes got suspended for smoking weed. Uh, J Josh Gordon has lost his entire career. Could have been Josh Gordon's career. Could have been one of the best wide receivers in NFL history. Gone. In NFL history, that kid could have been gone. Yeah. Completely gone. Yep. Uh, uh, there's another ex Miami Dolphins running back whose career was cut short because of weed. Yep. yep like yep. in, and he was one of the greatest. He used to eat the Buffalo Bills alive. Yeah. People have been suspended for, uh, you know, dude, it just, it doesn't, there are people out there trying to villainize um, Richard Sherman for having mental and health yeah, issues. Yeah. It wasn't a real domestic. He didn't, he didn't beat his wife. No. He didn't fight his family members. It's a domestic disturbance because it happened at home. Right. But right. he had mm -hmm. issues where he was drinking personally and he had issues where he was hurting personally. Oh, yeah. And you got people trying to villainize him and make him out to be this bad guy. And yet you got people actually sitting here trying to take up for Deshaun Watson. Doesn't make sense. Like what the heck? What what? We can move on because like yeah. not this is really this is really no, something that's like upsetting to me. Yeah, we're on the same page. We're on, we're on exactly the same page. So let's let's do this uh, before we talk about the team and uh, some other stuff. Uh, there's a trade rumor out there that's not really. Oh, my mom loves you. There's there's a Love trade too, rumor. Mom. Love you too. <laughs> there's a trade rumor out there that's not really a trade rumor, but it was brought up or I should say mentioned in a hypothetical situation that uh, Dan Graziano by Dan Graziano. The Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison are two people that have been mentioned or thought of in a hypothetical situation, as I said, stating that the Bills have the luxury to move on from one of them. And teams have been eyeing the Bills' pass rushers. How does that land for you? Jerry Hughes, those two names, Mario Addison. 
well, for starters, keep your damn hands off Jerry Hughes. Right. Like, I don't want anybody's filthy hands on the guy that's supposed to retire a Buffalo Bill. Right. That guy is the longest tenured Buffalo Bill, and he's going to be the longest tenured Buffalo Bill until he retires. You keep your Buffalo. damn filthy, nasty, stinking, sweaty, oh, cracked hands off my Jerry Hughes. That's my Jerry. That is my 55. And I don't want nobody else thinking that y'all going to come to Orchard Park, call on, on Brandon or, or Coach McDiddy. No. Y'all can have Mario. What's the other one that I don't like? Uh, Vernon Butler. Active a lot. Yeah, y'all can, Vernon y'all can Butler. have Vernon. Y'all can take Vernon. Y'all we'll can actually, take, like, we'll pay you to take Vernon. You can just have yeah, him. Yeah, take him. I'll <laughs> give him to you. I'll, I'll, I'll actually buy his playing ticket for you. But but you you keep your hands off of Jerry, damn it. I don't want no, I don't want to hear that talk. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm in I'm in the same boat. Jerry is uh, the the I, I don't see a reason outside of they just made too good of a deal. Whoever it is is like Mario Edison's nice. We really want Jerry Hughes. And oh, by the way, we'll pay whatever it is. We'll give and me a second for him. Right, right. <laughs> you give me a so, second for Jerry Hughes. I might reconsider. We can we can sign him to a one day contract when it's time to return. Or starting cornerback, right? That's you know short short on his contract that they they're not they have no intentions of signing. That's you know a, a clear CB one to go alongside of our other CB one, Tredavious White. Unless it's too rich to to deal with, Mario Addison is that guy. Now there again, it's a trade rumor, and there is no real rumor. It's just more of a hypothetical situation that the Bills mm-hmm. are flush, if you will. Right? They they're they're flush with cash at the defensive end, defensive line rotation situation. They're they're sitting AJ Epinesa. They're sitting you know Carlos Basham. They're sitting guys that can play every single weekend. So why not move on and right and strike 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 a player that you can get. It doesn't make sense at all for me for either player if it's a third round pick or fourth round pick. Why do that? Well, Don is telling me to keep my hands or keep hands off Mario too. He's her line in the sand. But I tell you, I, I understand. I understand. Don. I appreciate that. But yeah, I appreciate it too. For me, it's Jerry. Like if we're gonna <laughs> if we're talking about these two guys, click under an next one. Take, take Vernon and Cody. Nobody's <laughs> taking Cody. Nobody at this yeah, point is we taking probably Cody. Couldn't, we probably couldn't pay people to take Cody at this point. But that that bothers me, though. I very much like Cody. I very much like Cody. And I think... Um, I didn't say that because I don't like him. No, I know. I know. But right. so when we both were on Buffalo Fanatics Network, and yeah, um, yeah. we did a show last summer, and it was like me, you, Sterling, Rico. It was like six of us on the show. Yeah, yeah, and, panel, uh, I think Judge show. Mathis and all that's right. And we were talking about it, and I remember everybody kept saying he's a right tackle. He's a right tackle. And I'm like, no, they need to move him to right guard and let him sit there and develop him at it and stay. He's going to be an elite right guard. I still feel like that. Right. I feel like moving him to the left side wasn't the best. I feel like trying him at right tackle wasn't the best. They had him at right guard for a split second and then they moved him again. And then they put him, put him at right guard. Yeah, please put yeah. him at right guard. And it does matter. I like I know a lot of people don't quite understand or or feel like there's much of a difference between the guard positions on the left or the right side. And then the oh, tackles on the right and the left side. There's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. You let him protect the right side of the line mm-hmm. in that guard position. And I promise you're going to see a better. I promise you're going to see a better. I, I, I just you put him out there and, and, and put Spencer. Not this year, because I like Daryl being there like Daryl's doing his thing. I'm not. Yeah, mad. yeah. Yep. But you you put this youth, put Cody and Spencer, and then on the other side we got to. I'm telling you, man, put them on that. Put them on that right side. We've got to ask a question. You've got to ask. You've got to wonder. And clearly, we're speculating here. But does Darrell Williams look better at left guard? Does the line look better with Darrell Williams at left guard, and then potentially somebody different at right guard? Because Feliciano hasn't exactly played 
tremendously well this year either. I don't know where, I mean, we all like on this show and even amongst the rumblings crew, we all like Cody Ford. This isn't a Cody Ford hate situation. It's just more of a realistic reality check situation. And John Fina has talked about the fact that he's got heavy feet. Um, so there's some, there's some issues there. And if you want to go back and listen to some of the off tackle shows with John Fina, he gets into early on, he gets into some of the stuff that he saw with Cody before they made the switch. Um, but yeah, you're not moving Daryl Williams out of, out of right guard for quote for Cody Ford at this point, unless yeah. you know Daryl's moving someplace else. But, uh, anyways, I don't see, I don't see any legitimacy to either of those guys getting moved unless it's like, holy crap, we can't you know unless it's a sean mccoy for kiko alonso type trade where the bills are like say what (laughs) you're gonna give me who um but uh but uh what moving on from that what i love about what i'm seeing and i know that you didn't have necessarily a ton of it so for everybody just just to remind everybody again i'm on the east coast spence is on the west coast i have the luxury of watching all the uh pressers and stuff like that today so i saw i saw Diggs, i saw poyer i saw josh allen i saw sean mcdermott whereas spence gets out of work and gets on this show <laughs> so it makes like it rush home change right. my food is still on the floor like literally my food is right yeah, there so, so it's, a, and, it's uh, a, little, a little difficult for him but what i liked from what i was seeing today in the pressers is this team is loose still so what I saw from Josh, what I saw from Steph, what I saw from Poyer, Poyer did get a little miffed, if you will, uh, when they pressed him, uh, a certain reporter, I don't remember who it was, pressed him on, did that one, because it was the bye week, did that one linger, the loss of the Titans, I think he said 25 hours instead of 24, because he will talk about the 24 rule. And he got mad. He's like, no, we're professionals. It was 24 and that was it. I don't even like what you're insinuating. Like, we were done with it. I like the looseness that I felt from him, that I felt from uh, Allen, that I felt from Diggs. Um, they understand that they got beat, but they're not pressing at this point, at least not yet. They're not feeling forced or like the, the window is closing, right? They feel like they got beat in a game they should have won. Stefan Diggs talked about the fact that like that that loss left the best bad taste in their mouth, just like the Cardinals game did last year, just kind of the way they lost. They didn't like it. I, I appreciate that. And I think that is something that will propel them. Now, the question that we talked about earlier is with the coming, the upcoming opponents, I guess some pretty weak people coming up. And I, I just don't know where that falls. Cause do you, do you, do you go the next three games and like lay the wood on people? And then it's like, we're really good. Or do you lay the wood on the next three games, lay the wood on people in the next three games? And it's like, no, that's what we're supposed to do. I feel like it's supposed to be. That's what we're supposed to do. Right. Um, regardless if we lost this last game or not, I feel like they were supposed to come out and mollywop the Dolphins. I feel right. like they're supposed to destroy the Jets. And even with the Patriots, I know um, I, I had a little debate earlier where somebody said, well, I don't know, man, the Patriots are starting to look better. The rookie is starting to figure things out and he's reading mm-hmm. properly with Belichick. Yep. And yep. I mean, and, and that's true. I've watched the Patriots and they, they, they are starting to look better. However, they beat the Jets. You know, so it's like the level of competition still matters to me. So I need to see them beat a sound team. I need to, you know, and and they they gave Tampa Bay everything that they could take. But I look at that as being um, Bill Belichick has coached Tom Brady for his entire career. And if anybody knows what Tom Brady is great at and how to uh, handicap Tom Brady, it's going to be Bill Belichick. So I didn't chalk that up to uh, the Patriots being that good. Mm. I, I chalked it up to it being a coaching. It was really, it was really a chess match there. And Tom Brady yeah. won because he had the ball last. You know, it just is how it happens. But but when you when you talk about the Bills, 
this roster is good. Top oh, yeah, they're good. They know they're good. And, and that's the thing, too. They know they're good. Yep. And they know everybody thinks they're good. But they're still loose. I, I don't know that that pressure has gotten to them, uh, which is important. At this point, for me, which is important at this point, because I feel like if there was a pressing pressure, it, it it then turns into it just it just makes things a little bit harder because then as something goes wrong in a football game, if there's an interception, if there's a big run, if there's a big pass play, it just that has the the tendency to build upon itself versus eh, we just shake it off. It's no big deal. Yeah, no. And, and that's why I guess to my earlier point, I, I just feel like I don't even think that these games, whether we won or lost, I don't think we would have been able to see it in these games anyway. We're supposed yeah. to beat these teams. Yeah. Han- yeah. Like very, very handsomely. <laughs> like yeah. we're supposed to destroy them. So now, you know, okay, we took an L. So they're probably a little bit motivated, but I don't think we're going to be able to tell because I-, I expected the Bills to win Sunday. I expected it a 35 to 7. 35 to six or mm. something like that's not my prediction i'll give it at the end of the uh show but i expected that type of dominating performance so now okay well hell let it be 45 to three because josh is pissed off let it be but even still i don't think we're going to see much of a difference man we're going to destroy this team i need to address this so so trey ellis i, I appreciate you being a part of the show i appreciate you pay, watching this show I, pre, I appreciate you watching the john fina show uh he says john feliciano is a backup center mitch is not assigning protections well you were just on with me on Monday night when John Fina said that Mitch Morse is the best offense, like of all of our offensive linemen, he's been playing the best football consistently through this season. All year. So all year. all year long. So can we just not start like throwing blame on people? Um, Brown has had his struggles. Uh, Williams has been solid. Williams is, in my opinion, still once again, the unsung hero probably of this football team, if he continues to play that he does, but miss it. Mitch, as per an expert at this point in time, um, uh, has been playing very, very, very good football as far as that goes. And Spencer's uh, played well, but he, but last Monday he he looked like a rookie. Yeah, he and struggled. that's okay. It's yeah, gonna happen. Okay. It's gonna happen. Yeah. yeah, and that's absolutely one hundred percent okay. So, real quick, what I've got is I've got the injury report, uh, and oh, that's this. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> compared to what it was two or three weeks ago, yeah. when, oh, when three quarters of the team was on it, uh, Cole Beasley had a veteran rest day. Spencer Brown back. It, there wasn't a whole lot that was, I don't know. D- there wasn't a whole. He finished the game against the Titans, obviously, and he's been off for two weeks. So your expectation is he's going to play. Dawson Knox has the right hand issue surgery. He was at practice today and was squeezing a football with it, which is scary as crap to me. And then Justin, <laughs> Justin Zimmer uh, limited with the foot. The Dolphins right now are projected to be without Will Fuller V. Uh, he still is on IR. They have not activated him yet um, due to his finger. And I think what I read today was that uh, Flores is not sure as to whether or not he's going to be ready. So let me ask you this question. What do you see as in an added advantage or disadvantage if they were to activate him and activate him and he plays? clearly he's a good football player he can take the top off a of defense he's a very good football player um i just i don't know so the first the first time around when we were able to play the dolphins um obviously tua got injured early so we weren't able to really see anything from tua that you know would have us nervous but the thing is what i've seen from tua for the rest of the season mm-hmm. he's made certain throws here and there mm-hmm. but i don't think will fuller is that guy it's not like Stefan Diggs being injured and then saying, oh, he's active. He's going to play. This right. isn't Travis Kelsey. This isn't right. um, 
you know, like this is not a top tier guy. I respect mm-hmm. Will Fuller to the max. I respect him. He has a respectable career. He's very talented, but I don't look at him as a game changer. He's not somebody that's going to come in and, and give you uh, eight receptions for 185 yards and three touchdowns. You know, like we've seen games like that from Diggs. It's not every week, but we've seen games like that from Ty- Tyreek Hill. Yep. I don't see that out of Fuller. So, and then the thing is, even if Fuller was that guy, I don't think um, Tua is the quarterback that can get him the ball four times in the end zone or three. He's just not that guy. He scored four touchdowns Sunday, but he's not that dude. I love where you were kind of going with that. On the overreaction show on uh, Sunday, I uh, I I ranted a little bit. I, I, I don't know if you caught it or not, and I know you've been busy, so if you didn't, that's fine. But I just talked about the fact that when you look at the Patriots teams of the past, the dy- like the dynasty teams, the 20 years, other teams, whether it's the the Cowboys from the '90s or or just the nine the Niners, there was always a great deal of um somebody had to step up, right? It, and it wasn't always just the franchise guy. We always saw it with the, with the Patriots. It wasn't a, every time we kicked dirt on the Patriots. Every time they were down, it wasn't a situation where it was like Tom Brady had to be the guy and Tom Brady had to will them to win. He was always there. He was always consistent. He was always clutch. But it could have been a guy in the defense that was like, no, that's it. Like, we're done. We're going to win this football game. It could have been a guy in the offense, Gronkowski, one of the running backs. Like, we've seen a lot of that kind of stuff. And I feel like that's where the Buffalo Bills are. I feel like the Bills are in a situation now, uh, to your point about Will Fuller not coming in and taking over a game, but we have guys on our team that can. I feel like there's an aspect of, like, this team needs to realize that it's not all Josh Allen. Because Josh Allen, if you give him that, Josh, you need to will us to win. He's damn sure going to try and yep. probably, and it hasn't gone well, the damn sure he's going to try times that he's had to do it. There's almost an aspect of like, no, 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 I'm open. Give me the ball or like, I'm going to on the ground, take it over or the defense, some Tremaine or Tredavious White's going to shut something down and like take the game over. I don't necessarily know where I'm going with this outside of you just talked about. They don't have Will Fuller's not that guy that's going to take over a game. Um, what, th- that's true. And tell me, back a guy into a corner. Uh, Mr. Diggs just says one and six makes the fins dangerous. It's true. Um, I just think there's a Buffalo. I'd like to know your opinion on just this idea that like we need to see this competitive fire. Not that they don't have it, but this will to win out f- from more players than just they've got the horses, right? Star could be the guy. Tremaine could be that guy. Tredavious, Poyer or Hyde could be that guy. Like, there's so many guys. Diggs could be that. You're just not going to stop me. Because we've seen Diggs do that before. Mm -hmm. And he can do it at any point. And and then on top of it, so I think another thing that's kind of getting lost in in what we're talking about. So, yeah, like, the schedule coming up is kind of soft, right? When you look at how the NFL looks at teams, right? So it's like the Bills aren't – we're supposed to win these games. Right. But – there are greater goals for guys individually and collectively as a team. I know people don't like to come out and publicly say, um, oh, he wants this award or he wants to do this. Mm. They're not going to say it, but I promise you, I promise you, Jordan Poyer wants all pro honors. Micah Hyde wants all pro honors. And those guys want to go to the Pro Bowl as a unit. I promise you, Trey White wants to be an all pro again because Mm -hmm. he felt disrespected because of all the PFFs in the world and all the other 
you know, people saying that he's not even a top 10 cornerback in the, the league. The Bills content creators that say, you know, like he's not. Right, we got Bills content creators that saying that our elite <laughs> cornerback is an elite. He wants to prove to people like y'all got me messed up. You got star who had who took a year off, who is like, no, I'm valuable. And y'all saying I don't deserve right. my contract. Star wants to prove his worth. You got Josh Allen who came in second place for MVP voting last year. He wants to be MVP. He gets mad when he throws an interception. And not yeah, just yeah. in the game mad like, oh, damn it, I threw it. He gets mad when he throws an interception. You got guys who are coaching for head coaching jobs now, two of them, who should yeah. have had a job last year, yep. who now don't want to coast through the easy games. They want to show, no, I can still come out here and put a game plan together that's impressive enough that should get me this job yep. you got you, you have a ton of guys playing and coaching for a whole lot you got guys like isaiah mckenzie who's on a one-year deal who's looking to make money next year mm -hmm. you got guys who are there's we got guys on this team that are playing for a lot and it's not just about the playoffs and the super bowl that's the team goal it's championship caliber now but i'm telling you every single week every single play you got these guys you got stefan diggs who's still some people don't respect him as a top three, two, or one receiver in the league, which did is dumb to me. Did you see that Good Morning Football segment when they were talking about uh, they had, uh, I think it was Chris Carter on, and they were talking mm -hmm. about, and I didn't see it. I didn't catch this part of it. I caught I caught it after they talked about it, but they were talking about guys in the league right now that are going to go to the Hall of Fame. Somebody brought, a, brought up Diggs, and he argued against Stephon Diggs. And I'm just like, how do you argue against, like, the dude is uh, outside of the year. He's he's put up numbers every single year he's been in the league, and he was a late draft round pick. Like I just sorry that sidebar, but yeah, I don't well, know. No, but I mean, but that, but that that's the point in a way that I'm that I was trying to make. Like there are still a lot of things that these guys feel like they have to prove. Like yeah, as a team, it's like oh the Bills are going to be legit this year. They're probably going to be in that final right. four again. Right. But as players, a lot of these guys still feel the disrespect when you talk about you brought up Diggs and in, in that conversation. People, they did like the top 10 wide receiver list the other day that I saw. I think it was, um, was it Fox? I can't remember which network, but there was a network that did like the top wide receivers list. And Diggs was like six on there. Mm. And not that six is bad. If you got the six best wide receiver in the league, you got a really good wide receiver. But when you He's led the league in receptions and you led the league in yards last year, yeah. kind of feel like you should be a little bit higher. Um, yeah. It, there's a lot of guys on this team that feel slighted. They feel slighted, but, and but that's it's my not, it's not going down easy. But that's my point. In order, I, I just yeah, that's my point. In order for this team, in my opinion, to win a Super Bowl or to get to where we want them to go, it's gonna take more than Josh Allen. They're gonna there's a, there's an aspect of you look at the leader, right? And and as the leader goes, we go. And I get that. And this is Josh Allen's football team. Nobody's gonna argue that. But there's moments in those spaces when you're getting punched in the mouth by the Steelers. When you're getting punched mm -hmm. in the mouth by the Cardinals, when you're getting punched in the mouth by the Titans, that somebody else has to be like, you know what? No, I'm going to be the guy that says no. And that's what we saw from teams like the Patriots for so long. Somebody else would step up and be like, that's it. That's as far as you get. We're going to win this game. I can't tell you how many times I was at Bill's Patriots games and they go in at halftime with the Bills having the lead by one or two possessions and the, the Patriots would adjust, right? at halftime and then come out and they they'd beat us and that's yeah. kind of what what i'm talking about like there's there's so many i texted dad no 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 I, I didn't even text him i was i was at the it was at the steelers game and we you and i may have talked about it i was we were at the steelers game home opener you were there Sterles was there guys are coming out of the tunnel 
I lean over to dad as the crowd screaming. I'm like, superstars. We have superstars on this football team. Think about that. Like, that should give you chills as a Bills fan. Superstars on our football team. When you think about the last 20 years of football rosters that we've had, they're legitimate superstars. Go ahead. Well, Elephant Man says if the national media would realize our market is way bigger than Buffalo, attention would skyrocket. Toronto was sure. Bill's country, and um, it's as big as NYC. Here's the thing, though. So I, um, Rochester, I, and Rochester's not counted as part of our market. Right. And Syracuse, <laughs> I feel like. Um, right, Erie, right. Pennsylvania. I feel, but the thing is, I don't feel like um, we are lacking attention. I feel like for the first time in a very long time, every time I turn on the TV, when I turn on ESPN, NFL Network, FS1, anything, I'm seeing a Bills player on a commercial. They're talking about Josh. I mean, Nick Wright alone, I know we don't like him, but Nick Wright alone talks about the Bills four times a week. Right. You know, if only if it's only for comparison of Josh Allen to Patrick Mahomes, we're getting talked about. Right. Um, the NFL Network, Cal Brent loves us, you know, um, my guy is on there now. You know what I mean? And he talks, he loves Josh Allen. So you have all of these. I, I feel like now the Bills have the respect. We have the attention. The thing that you said earlier that I love is that it's not letting them, like they're still relaxed. It's not going to their head yeah, this time. They're loose. They're loose. That's what I love. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're still loose. I just want to see a situation where, and I know that part of it's coaching. And that's what I, to finish my, my, my little point, my re-rant. I know the part of it's coaching. I want the the only time that I can distinctively say that I saw the Bills coaching staff adjust at halftime was that Steelers game last year on Sunday night, Thursday night, Monday night, whatever it was, Sunday night, it's where Sunday night, game. Sunday night game where they were having a problem with Cam Hayward, and they were like, "That's it, Darrell Williams. We're going to put you on an island with T.J. Watt. We're going to slide the double team to Cam, and we've got some other things figured out." They made that adjustment and they throttled him in the second half. Mm-hmm. I just don't see. I let me say it this way: I see an overwhelming commitment to whatever it is we've planned. A lot of times from this offensive staff, that sometimes do, Nick Wright does. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to throw that one up there. <laughs> Brian Bauer said Nick Wright, never heard of her. Anyway, uh, that was for the people that are going to listen to this in podcast form. I just want to see a situation where the coaching staff makes an adjustment and it's noticeable. We're getting beat here. And it, second half, you see, oh, they made an adjustment, and now this player is elevated and able to shine, much like Darrell Williams did in that football game, right? Darrell Williams basically took that game over. He's like, that's it. Like, I'm going to handle T.J. Watt. You guys handle that guy. Well, you know what? We're good to go. Right now, I feel like that's the weakness of the Miami Dolphins, though. If you watch, if you've been able to watch them for the season, they come out and they look good in the first quarter. Like, that first two yeah. or three drives for them is scripted very well. Tua leads the team down the field the few games that he's been in. When it wasn't him, Jacoby Brissett did a good job that first quarter. If you go and look at their stats, they're scoring on that first yeah. drive. They're yeah. scoring on that second drive more times than not. The problem is when teams make adjustments and people and teams realize, okay, Tua can really only throw to the left. Tua can really only – like he's he's very limited as of right very, now as a quarterback. Very. So when teams make those adjustments in game, the Miami Dolphins don't. So they end up losing because – they just don't do it. And I don't feel like the team is there anymore. The Bills aren't like that. Sean yeah. McDiddy is doing the damn thing every week. Yeah, every and, week. And you can see, if you watch the end of that Dolphins game last week, you can see. So what gets lost a lot of times with us as fans is the understanding of leadership. And as much as the head coach is the guy that's responsible for it all, he's not making defensive calls. Generally, he's not making offensive uh, defensive calls or offensive calls. Sorry. Um, there's guys that are 
the CEOs of the defense and the CEO of the offense, they put the game plan together. The head coach approves of whatever the game plan is. You can see the frustration in Flores. He was not happy with the way that that game played out. He wasn't happy with the game, uh, the way the way the game was being called, both on offense and defense. You could see that he wasn't happy. That that team is somewhat of a dumpster fire right now. Whereas here, we've kind of gone through some of that stuff, not quite to that to that extreme where McDermott has been openly emotional on the sideline, but you could hear it in his presser. Mm-hmm. 19, 2019, especially you could hear a couple of times in his presser where he was not happy with what his defensive coordinator or his offensive coordinator has done was doing uh, their biggest problem is coaching for sure. I don't know if it's Flores. I don't know if it's their two headed monster on offense on offense. That's like, yes, hump that like, um, two-headed monster that's that's their offensive coordinators. I don't know if it's the defense. They've just got some issues, right? So, and clearly the clearly the Bills need to come in and just take advantage of it. Well, I think I think um it starts at the top. The ownership is has has not been good. I think the um the the GM and and just the upper level management. I like Brian Ford, which is it's crazy because now I'm seeing um I'm seeing him differently based on his situation and it's not fair to him because I do feel like he's a smart coach. Like I feel like in a different, in a different situation, I feel like he could absolutely succeed there. The culture in that, the culture just in general in Miami is bad, man. Like you got star players every year wanting to get out. Well, it it, it starts with, he should have quit literally. This is a true story. So there's people that I have, there's people that I've been have talked to. There's people that you know well that have corroborated this story. Brian Flores wanted Justin Herbert. Ross wanted Tua. They drafted Tua. Right there, Flores should have, should have just said, "I'm out," because yeah, they're, they're mean, living. They're living in the. They're living in the aftermath. And the reality is, is Flores is going to get fired for being strapped to Tua when he didn't even want Tua. You're right. But the thing is, there's only 32 of those gigs and they're not easy to come by. So if he would have quit then because of Tua, there's a chance that he could have developed Tua and this could have gone differently. It's a small chance, but (laughs) there was a chance that he could have developed Tua and this turned out differently. Yeah. Um, But no, I mean, I I hear where you're coming from. I'm just saying, like, with with it being only 32 of those jobs, um, there's no way. There's no way I'm, you know, I'm gonna just take the L. Like, go ahead and go ahead and write about me in the paper, man. Yeah, I, I'll take this check. Goes back to the Mike Tomlin thing that you sent me, which was absolutely brilliant. It. Let's do this. Let's uh, let's have you promo your thing that you got coming up, and then we'll do uh, game predictions and uh, Josh Allen stat lines. So hit it with your uh, your slide. Uh, well, right now I don't know if everybody in the chat are um watchers or viewers of the code of conduct but every week on my show and every week on the code of Con- or the, the chop up as well i end the show by saying love each other take care of each other and live in peace and as always stay positive test negative go bills i have teamed up with 26 shirts and what we are doing is we are trying to raise awareness and some funds for crisis services of buffalo they specialize in helping individuals trying to escape from domestic violence and domestic abuse situations, women and children. We're looking to uh, to do that. So do me a favor. Go ahead and head over to 26 shirts. Get one of these shirts. I, I, I really, really can't stress enough that I need you to get one of these shirts. Uh, 
it's, it's a great cause. I got some other things coming up that I, I wanted to announce tonight that I really can't announce yet because I have to kind of get some of the logistic things in. But next week, actually Saturday, look for a big announcement coming up again. Um, I may be in Buffalo very soon. So uh, go ahead and get that shirt from me and, and, and stay positive. That's negative. This is not a political thing. <laughs> this has nothing to do with the vaccination. There's nothing to do with your vaccination status. This has everything to do with you being positive mentally and being good emotionally, but then also being a healthy person. It doesn't have to just be COVID that I'm talking about. Test positive. I mean, stay positive and test negative from all that BS. Just like stay negative, you know, test negative, period. Let's go. So with that being said, what do you got for us? So everybody in the, in the, in the comment section as well, score prediction for this football game and uh i'm gonna give it to you and i need need you to take a little bit of time so give me a score prediction and why so that we can get some people in here that uh can give us a score prediction as well uh so earlier i, I was kind of flirting around with like the 35 to 6 or 30 you know something like that i think talking myself into it after this you know this whole show i think i'm gonna go uh 43 to mm. 10 mm. What do you what do you see in in that forty three to ten? What do you see as far as uh, who's having the big game? Shout out to Nautica. I haven't uh, I've, we've been off for a week and change, so I haven't seen her. But she's yeah, yeah. she's been consistent in support. So thank you, Nautica. Um, the thing that I see is is basically what we talked about earlier. Is like first, I feel like the, the the two teams are so far apart as far as talent. I think that um you know we're gonna dominate them again anyway. But mm -hmm. based off of what happened down in Tennessee. Um, I feel like the team was embarrassed, even though they only lost, you know, depending on how you look at it. They lost by um, a holding call on a special teams play. They lost by, um, you know, two field goals in the first quarter in the red zone as opposed to touchdowns. They lost by Josh Allen slipping. Whatever reason you want to say they lost by, they lost very narrowly and it's not a happy, good feeling. I think the Bills are going to come out motivated to be like, you know what, let's go to the, let's just get to the Super Bowl so we can smack whoever and raise the Lombardi. I love this, Mr. Diggs. A win for Buffalo. That's it. Ten bass field goals for the win. I don't care. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, for me, what's uh, I'm ready to see this offense. They talked a lot about it today in the pressers. I'm ready to see this offense become the offense that it was in 2020 or return to the offense. Now, I don't think that they're regressing, so I don't get the wrong idea. I think that, as Josh Allen says, that was last year. This is this year, right? Uh, things are just different this year. It's not the same thing. I want to find the Titans game is a totally different football game. If instead of two field goals at the beginning of that game, they have two touchdowns. If that game's 14 nothing, that's a completely different football game. Last year, they had no trouble in the red zone. This team, need, this offense needs to find itself. Mm -hmm. If the offense finds itself, I'm in agreement with what I'm seeing. 45 to 3, 42 to 10, 47 to 3. 35 to nothing, stuff like that. If this offense is still trying to figure it out, I think this might be a little bit of a different, different Dolphins team. I think that they've got film. You know, they're obviously probably going to be able to protect Tua a little better. They got him hurt, <clears throat> excuse me, in the last football game. And I say they got him hurt because they did not protect him at all. He was part of the problem. He held the ball, he held the ball way too long. Um, but I see it maybe a little closer. This, this Dolphins team is not bad. They're just a bad coached football team. So I'm probably more in that 35 to 24 range, right? But I would love to see this offense find itself and just bury them. Let me ask you a question. Um, sure. Are you a, are you a boxing fan? I used to be. Used to be. Yeah. You like 
Um, who was your favorite boxer when you used to watch? So I, so I'm old. You know where, I'm, but you know where I'm going. Though, so. There, there was something about watching watching Iron Mike Tyson play or a box when he was in his prime. So, I mean, he that's was, who, that was who I was going with. Perfect. I mean, he, he, the amount of times I watched him on HBO and knock guys out in whatever it was, right under a minute, like the dude was just not only not only was he a machine that was going to hit you so hard, you were going to see stars. But there was a fear in guys when they stepped in the ring with him. When they stepped in the ring, they were already afraid. And Mike was just Mike. Mike was Mike. So Mike was Mike. I guess where I'm going with that is you, you said, like, there's film and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Every boxer that went against Mike used to watch Mike. They used to study Mike. But yeah. when you get punched in the face by a juggernaut, <laughs> when you get punched in the face by a beast, it doesn't matter. And, sure. and he had, Mike Tyson actually has a saying where he's like, um, you know, you probably know it is like till you get punched in the face or something like that. You know, like it's all whatever. Every, 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 yeah. Everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, yeah, Miami can go ahead and watch. I watched film all week. Yeah. I did. I, I didn't have to do the shows. I had time to watch to watch film. I promise if I get out on that field and put on a helmet and some pads, I promise it won't matter. They're going to beat my ass. <laughs> I'm not a football player. So what I'm saying is, and this is, and I'm saying this, like I said earlier, this is with all due disrespect to the Miami Dolphins fan base and the team. All due disrespect. Y'all getting smacked. I told you, I'm not being humble no more this year. And I mm. meant that. Like, it's, yeah, it's over. It's over. It's over. Uh, yeah, you've been saying that the entire year. It, I, I just want to see. Uh, I don't know. I, I just want to see this offense come to life. And the, the reality is, is, you know, this is Josh Allen's kid. The Dolphins, the Dolphins are the son of Josh Allen. Josh Allen is the the Dolphins' daddy, and I want, I want to see that continue to that point. Before we wrap this thing up, Josh Allen stat line. Uh man, I'm gonna go Josh Allen uh, three eighty. I'm gonna go um, music to my ears. Three touchdowns in the air, one on the ground. I'm gonna say my man Zach Moss has a day. I'm gonna say he really? has really. Yeah. So you got Josh Allen throwing 380 yards and Zach Moss having a day. By saying he has a day, I don't mean it being like 120 yards on the ground. I don't think he breaks 100, but I think it's one of those games where we do try to capitalize in that red zone. And once we get down there, I think it's going to be the Zach Moss show instead of it being necessarily uh, just Josh doing things. Can I ask a question real quick, though? In, of course. In, it's your show. Of course you can. <laughs> I just Well, does it bother you as much as been, it's been bothering me lately um, that Josh, when he does his quarterback sneak, that he tends now to go to the left instead of literally just go forward? So Fina and I beat that up a lot. Um, what are you showing? Go ahead. I was, I was just showing... Uh, you know, Josh Allen and Daddy Daycare. <laughs> this was amazing. <laughs> you know, I, was Josh so is... <laughs> I was so upset that I had to work so much today that I could not retweet this. Like, I was not on Twitter all day today. <laughs> Josh is, he he's he's about to go down there and, like, not only is he going to just manhandle these these guys, it, it's, it's, it's really embarrassing as a fan base what he does to that team every time he plays against them. But go ahead, who I'm made, sorry. Who made that graphic for you? My guy, uh, Bryce, my guy, Bryce made it for me. I, I texted him last night. was like, yo, can you put this together for me, man? I got an idea. He's like, oh yeah, I'm on it. I got another one. I'm gonna drop Saturday. I got a, I got a good one. Oh, that's amazing. What was the question before you showed the graphic? Um, I was saying, um, does it upset you? Like it upsets me that, so like the, the last play of the game when Josh, obviously oh, going, slipped, yeah, going but, left. But so he's going to the left. There was two parts there. So, and, and we, you know, if, for those, for those of you that did not catch, just a couple of shows where we got, I got to talk about it. He did the Bob up thing, right? 
So he did the Bob up thing because I think it was against the Texans where he he was supposed to go like dive and he didn't. He went around the corner. So right. he was fully expecting I'm going to Bob up. So I'm going to fake, which should draw people like stop them in their tracks. And then I'll dive. The problem is, is Simmons didn't even go for it. Simmons was underneath Deion Dawkins with his arms out, ready to catch Josh Allen. The problem is, and this was Fina kind of alerted me to this, Daryl Williams, he should have gone over Daryl Williams because the, the defensive end on the on the right side, along he was facing the wrong direction, and there was a gap right there. So to your point, I don't know what caused him to go behind Feliciano other than he has a tendency to like to go behind Feliciano, but Fina was pretty confident that Josh very much stood stood over the line and made the wrong choice. He should have easily seen where the gap was on his right, and he mm-hmm. should have gone right. And for some reason, well, he didn't. He went left. And for me, even if it was the right, regardless of the read, my thing is on that play, is fourth and very short, like fourth and inches, basically, yeah. fourth and centimeters. Yeah. You need to gain a yard. You need to gain a half a yard. Fall forward. It doesn't like why are we still? That was the only thing about that game that upset me. I, I was not upset with uh, McDermott's call. I love the call. Not upset. I loved everything about it. I, yeah. Like I'm, I'm completely. So, I'm, I'm all in on this team and coaching staff. I'm all in. But we got to make better to sit. Like seriously, it's inches. Yeah. You, Josh Allen is what six seven, six six. No, Josh he Allen. He's six, six five. He's a little over six five. Okay, so he's six five. You mean to tell me literally hiking the ball and just falling forward behind? Go back and yeah. watch the play. Mitch Morris' head, his his helmet was in the end zone. Yes. Literally, just fall on top of Mitch. When he falls forward, you fall forward. I think I have and it. That's that's all I'm like. That's the only thing that I don't get. It's like, dude, fall forward. Yeah, just yeah. Fall forward because if that. And again, I'm not mad. We lost the game. I'm like, I wasn't even mad after it. I think I, I messaged you and Bruce. I was like, is it weird that I'm like not mad like at all? I wasn't emotional. Nothing. Right. But dude, fall forward, man. The hell. I have it. I just don't know where I have it. So. Shoot. You probably have I, it with the Fina stuff, and yeah, I have, know, the, I have it from the I have from the Fina show. I just don't know where the heck it is, but yeah, I've actually got the play. But we so let's do this. Uh, so my stat line for Josh Allen, I'm probably in the 380 range as well, 350 to 380. Uh, yeah, two three touchdowns in the air, one on the ground. I think in order for the Bills to refine themselves, re, regain who they were before, I think Josh is going to have to start being the weapon. In the red zone, because if Josh is the weapon, red zone. If Josh is the weapon in the red zone, it allows everybody else to become open and available in the red zone. So Josh was in his pressure today, saying, "You know, the distance is shorter, the windows are tighter, we got to be more crisp." The dig said the same thing, but I think what's missing is that threat of Josh Allen. I think the reason the Bills were good in the red zone the last couple of years is because Josh is the guy that they're like, we don't want him to beat us, which allows everybody else to be open. So I'm probably in that three to one, like three and one, two and one range as well. Uh, but uh, we're going to let you, just because you said it earlier, we're going to let you end the show tonight. Hey, well, I done said it four times on here, so I'm going to say it again. Hey, everybody, <laughs> y'all know how we do it at the Buffalo Rumblings podcast and YouTube channel. We want y'all to love each other, take care of each other, and live in peace. And as always, stay positive, test negative, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.